the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. name will be etched in history this year. As the 2024 Daytona 500 arrives, only one driver can be immortalized for winning the Super Bowl of racing. The last three winners have been somewhat surprising. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 2023, Austin Sindrick in 2022, and Michael McDowell in 2021. Will we get another surprise winner? Or will one of NASCAR's more established stars stake their claim to history? To help break down the 2024 edition of the Daytona 500, I welcome in two of the best there is when it comes to NASCAR in the Daytona Beach News Journal's Ken Willis and Ryan Pritt. They'll be here in just a moment to break down the race. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. As has become the case for decades, the Daytona 500 kicks off the new NASCAR season, and there's a lot to know about 2024. So let's bring in Ryan and Ken right now. Ryan, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having us on, Tim. It's always a good time. Absolutely. You notice I welcomed you in first since you were so distraught last time when I said hi to Ken first before the Rolex 24 podcast. I may be feeling a little bit less like Rodney Dangerfield this morning, so that's always good. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. And Ken, of course, we got to bring you in. I saved the best for last, of course. Thanks for joining me again. Well, I'm a, I'm a bit distraught, I must say. <laughs> so are you guys, I saw the commercial during the Super Bowl. Are you guys kind of like Deadpool and Wolverine and who would be who? I, uh, if you're asking about Marvel or comic book movies, Tim, you were asking the, I don't know who Deadpool is. So I'm, I'm, uh, I don't, I can't speak for Ken. Maybe he's more, more, more informed on this topic than me. <laughs> you're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, we'll move on from there then. And, uh, let's really bring you guys down for a minute. You know, Ryan, we're taping this early in the week. Forecast ain't looking too good for the Daytona 500, so before we get into the race and talk about some of those things, why don't you put on your weatherman hat and give us the Ryan Doppler 3000? <laughs> yeah, guys, if you're t- if you're tuned into this podcast, good news, it's looking like you may have an extra day or two to, to refresh here and uh, get caught up on everything Daytona 500 because... Yeah, I mean, as as both of us, all three of us know, things can change in a hurry in, in Florida, but it seems like every hour that passes and we get closer to Sunday, it actually keeps looking worse. We're looking at highs in the mid-50s and a bunch of rain now on Sunday, and I'm, as Ken told me this morning, Monday doesn't look a lot better, so hopefully that'll turn around, but right now it's uh, looking pretty dark out there, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, looking like uh, if you're if you're believing what you see now, uh, Saturday into Sunday, over an eighty percent chance of rain. All day Sunday, you're looking at a seventy six percent chance, and then Monday, better than a fifty percent chance. So we might get us a Tuesday or what do you think? Has there ever been a Wednesday Daytona five hundred? Ken, you've you've seen a lot of them. Thanks for bringing that on the table. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday would be bad enough. No, we're we're it's gonna be fine. I still I'm. Uh, I'm Captain Sunshine over here. The long range forecast, when it was 10 days out and saw it was rain, you know, 50% chance of rain 10 days out, I felt pretty good about it because they usually move a full day one way or another as you get closer. 
And uh, but now that we got to like five or six days out and it's saying 80 percent chance, I, you know, I'm sleeping with one eye open, but I'm still holding out hope because I do believe that during the Rolex weekend, we had one day. I think it was Sunday where it was definitely going to rain Sunday in like uh, around hour 18 or 20. And uh, the forecast, the percentages just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And it really never did. There was like a slightest mist. Uh, Sunday morning, but that was about it. So I'm kind of holding out hope that the same thing happens here. So. Yeah, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. And you may have just created Marvel's uh, weakest character, Captain Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to help the cause. <laughs> All righty. Well, now let's get into the race itself. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. You and Ken have been down at the track for the past few weeks. So what have you guys been record- reporting on and uh, what racers have you been talking to? Who's impressed you with what they've been doing? Uh, just kind of give us a fill us in on what you've been seeing. Yeah, it all kind of blends together. It kind of just feels like we've been there for the last three years. But it, and then again, you could tell me it was three hours and it all seems right. But um, yeah, dating back a, a week or two before the Rolex, it's been a pretty steady stream of things. And, you know, it's funny you ask, you know, what we've done and, and, and the stuff that we've done for this race. And <laughs> I don't know that there's much else we could do. There's quizzes, there's lists of winners, there's stories, of course, driver features. You mentioned that. And I know um, you were pretty impressed with ross chastain on your podcast last week and i was too i talked to him that same morning and that was the first time i had talked to him and that was a really good interview really fun guy i think that story ended up well i know the podcast was was really good too so yeah we've had him we'll have a feature on chase briscoe tomorrow uh ken talked to reigning winner ricky stenhouse jr last week and that story came up i believe he talked to alex bowman too and of course that all leads into wednesday which is media day which brings every driver that's entered into the Daytona 500 field into the media room at one point or another between eight and four o'clock. So, or five o'clock, I believe. So anyone that that you haven't seen us write about, you'll probably see us write about on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, that kind of is the first major hurdle for us to clear in speed week. And and once we get in there on Wednesday morning, it, it becomes real then. Yeah, and certainly, again, for everybody out there listening, you got to check it all out at news-journalonline.com. That's where you can find all the great work of the Daytona Beach News Journal, Ken Willis and Ryan Pritt. So, Ken, let's move over to you. Same question. Uh, uh, who are some people that have impressed you so far, and uh, have you had a story or two that you really uh, enjoyed doing more than others so far? Well, I mean, I, if we're going to go all the way back to Rolex weekend, that was that's always my favorite weekend of the year. And uh, it was interesting. I was just interested at the, I don't know if it was the totality of the 24 hours or what, but the to see Roger Penske just absolutely thrilled, you know, at age 86, his car won the Rolex. And it's first, he, now he, his car, he, his team didn't run in the race for the majority of the years since 1969, but it had been since 69 that one of his cars won the, won the 24 hours. And just to see how emotional and relieved and happy he was after all he's accomplished, you know, in, in auto racing and, and in the business world, it, that was so far, that's been my favorite moment. And, uh, we'll see what, we'll see what happens, uh, going forward. Ryan and I did spend a good chunk of last Friday evening in Barberville over at the Volusia Speedway park, watching the, uh, world of outlaws and some super late modifieds and, and, and basically feeling like we were, uh, getting birdshot 
you know, when the cars cut through the turns, we, I think we both came home with little pellets of mud stuck to all over our body. So anyway, it's better than coming home with glitter all over you, I guess. Sounds like a place you'd find Captain Sunshine in Barberville. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Otan, you will not find a barber. Not that anyone on our end needs one, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You might go find a sheep shearer or two and a couple of farriers, but no barber. It's like growing, going to Christmas, Florida, and there being no Santa Claus. How weird is that? So, And uh, Ryan, I know you're newer to Florida, so it's not too far from where you are. It's just west of Titusville if you ever want to go to Christmas. But anyhow, uh, you know, I, I mentioned in the open that we've had, you know, somewhat surprise winners the last three Daytona 500s, I would say. You had Ricky Stenhouse winning last year. You had Austin Sindrick and Michael McDowell. So do you think a dark horse is in line to win for a fourth straight year? Or do you think we get back to seeing one of these guys who are more favored doing it? You know, my favorite part of these appearances, Tim, is you putting us up on the spot trying to predict a winner in the most unpredictable race (laughs) in the history of the world. So, uh, sure, why not? I I was actually going through some some betting odds, as you know, uh, there's it's pretty big betting weekend this past weekend for the Super Bowl and all. And while I was on there, just kind of giving a look at some of the guys that are that are uh, you know a little bit further down the board. You know, it's funny you see Michael McDowell, who you just mentioned, uh, plus four thousand to win the Daytona 500. Oh, by the way, he just won it three years ago. So major underdog there for a guy that's already proven he could do this and. I mean, you go through, you start going through the field, and I mean, maybe other than one or two guys, you could see a way for 35, 36, 37, 38 guys to win this race. And there are some guys down that board that 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 are sure intriguing and certainly have uh, shown some super speedway prowess. You know, you look at a guy like Eric Jones, who I believe is plus 3,000, who has a Daytona win in, in the summer race. You have Justin Haley, who has a Daytona win. He's about plus 6,000. And really showed some pretty good speed at the clash at his first race for Rick Ware racing. And I mean, those, those kind of guys are all over the place. Corey LaJoy's plus 6,000 and, and he's shown a really good super speedway acumen. He's going to run the truck race on Friday. So he's already going to have some track time under him and, you know, Spire Motorsports who Ken's working on a story on not to, not to step on his toes at all, but you know, they've really invested some money into their program and have expanded to three cars now and are, are, are really taking, becoming more competitive more seriously this year so there are plenty of candidates if you are are a betting person we will have you there covered there too there's already some betting odds up on our site we'll be doing some more on that end as the week continues but plenty of guys in that field that that could get it done on sunday for sure i mean heck just finishing that race on the lead lap seems like it's a hard enough thing to do i mean when when it comes down to it you don't you usually don't get the majority of racers even there so i mean it it really is it's one of those races where just anything can happen right yeah it's it's survive survival is the name of the game there if you can get to the end you can win it um and a lot of that you know kind of that's one of the questions i've been asking drivers all week is to try to give me a percentage on how much of of this kind of racing skill and how much of it is luck and it's it's really been funny you know I, i expected to hear some 50 50 you know and everyone I've asked has has chosen to believe that there is no luck involved. And I thought that was pretty interested, interesting to hear a driver say that is, you know, at least trying to convince himself that everything's in his hands. But, I, you know, I would I would probably have to beg to differ a little bit. But but yeah, getting there is the biggest part of it. Yeah, they never admit it, even if they think it. But I get it. Uh, was, can, you know, well, I'm sorry. I just I, I didn't know if you're I wanted to catch you before you possibly change the subject, but. 
pigtailing off of that. Do you pigtail or do you dovetail? You piggyback and you dovetail. I, just I think you fishtail. We saw a bunch of fishtailing in Barberville. So <laughs> Let's do that. I'm a fishtail off of that. Uh, and when I was talking to Stenhouse, it got me doing a wee bit of research. And of the last uh, six men who have won the Daytona 500, five of them, it was their only win that year. So that tells you how, you know, this is just a lightning in a bottle, you know, quite often. Now the other one, the, the sixth is a uh, Denny Hamlin and he won the, he won the 500 twice during that span and he won other races during the year. So five of the last six drivers to win it and five of the last seven years, uh, it was the only one they had that season. We're talking about McDowell, Austin, Cendrick, Stenhouse. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other might've been Kurt Busch. And, um, Anyway, when you're talking about a guy like McDowell and Ryan said that, you know, he just won this thing uh, two or three years ago and they, his odds are so high. And I said, well, you get a guy like McDowell and you get a guy like uh, Ricky Stenhouse and some others and you'll sit around and you go, you know, he's he's good enough at this track and in these types of races. He's going to probably he's probably going to win one of these things. But nobody ever says he's probably going to win two of these things. <laughs> they get their one, they get their one and they uh, cash their chips in and uh, call it a day usually. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the, uh, the top two odds on favorites, one is Denny Hamlin, who's won this race three times. The other is Ryan Blaney, who's, who's never won it, you know? So you, you can kind of look at the contrast there of, uh, you know, a really good racer in Blaney, but you know, uh, as Brian was talking about, maybe just hasn't had the luck, who knows, but also the throw in there, you mentioned Ross Chastain earlier. Uh, how do you guys like his chances? I'll start with Ken. I mean, I like I like him as good as just about anybody. I mean, he's you know he he's not afraid to he's not afraid to run up front and mix it up, and uh, that's half the battle at Daytona. So you know, I, if I was forced to choose between him and Denny Hamlin, I'd take Denny because he seems to he seems to know the voodoo of that of drafting at high speeds a little better than than all the others. Uh, but no, it would not that wouldn't shock anybody if Ross Chastain got there. Yeah, I mean, you know, he won at, what, Talladega? Was that two years ago, Ken, I believe? And, I mean, he's won super speedway races before. And, um, you know, it was funny. I asked him. I, I thought that was a pretty cool aspect of our conversation that we had, you know, back in the in four, five, six years ago before the track house. Then, you know, he's been pretty well documented about, you know, he was in start and park cars for a long time, just trying to get a start, trying to get a start. And, you know, when, when you're in one of those rides, these are the races that you circle, right? Because these are the the chances that you have for for good runs and good finishes. So, I think that probably shaped his outlook on this kind of racing a little bit. Um, he probably looks at it a little bit differently because for the longest time, you know, this is this is where he had to shine. So, um, yeah, I like Ross just as well as anybody. The uh, only problem is, uh, got to make sure he doesn't have so many. Any guys mad at him that he has a little help because you can't win this race without a little help. Yeah, you definitely got to check out the podcast with Ross Chastain. He spent about a half hour with me. And again, that can be found not only at news-journalonline.com, but uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, it should be the next one up in the player because it was the last one I did before this one. So check that out with Ross. Maybe he'll be smashing a watermelon and you'll hear how I gave him a new idea 
on how to uh, capitalize on that watermelon and the container that carries it. So a little nugget of fun right there. Um, Ken, you know, a simulation was run. They do this every year. They run it 10,000 times to see who's going to be favored. Last year it was William Byron. This year it's Kurt Busch. And their next is Chris Boucher. So do you like either of them in this race? And what do you think of those kind of like computer simulated things where they try and figure all this out? Well, my first thought is, do they actually, does somebody sit through 10,000 of these things? I assume <laughs> they, I assume it just does a quick calculation. Like you can get a, you know, find your mortgage rate, what your monthly payment's going to be <laughs> at a certain, <laughs> you don't have to sit there with a calculator and amortize it for 30 years. But, uh, you know, I, I could I could do that for you right now, just just off the top of my head, and name just about anybody. But Kyle Busch and who was the others? Uh, Chris Busher. No, Chris Busher. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I think Ryan's got him on his short list of possible winners, and and yeah, I mean, I could I could sit here right now and spit out twenty names at you and dare you to tell me they have no chance of winning the Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah. Oh, you know, Ryan, we were also talking about this, you know, figuring out guys who have won this race multiple times. And if Jimmy Johnson doesn't qualify for it, I believe it's just Denny Hamlin that's won this race more than once. So, I mean, that just kind of talks about the difficulty and also a little bit of the youth that goes into this, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, the sports had a big turnover in the last what five six seven years you start looking at guys of course harvick was the latest one he retired at the end of last year had had won this race before and um you know we're just kind of in one of those eras where you know it seems like we we lose a a long time driver every about every year to retirement and there's a couple candidates uh coming this year you know martin truex has hinted at it a couple years in a row but that certainly feeds into that a little bit as well. Um, it wasn't all that long ago. Dale Jr. stepped away and Jeff Gordon was right around then too. So, you know, some of those guys that kind of won this race, you know, multiple times have left the sport in recent years. And, and yeah, for whatever reason, and, and, and maybe, you know, Ken's obviously seen more of these than I have, but, you know, you watch some of those old races. Like, for instance, last night, right after the Super Bowl, I don't know if anyone flipped over, but on FS1, they were running the 2005 Daytona 500. And uh, I think that was, I remember who won that one. I didn't stay up late enough to see it. But when I'm doing the, uh, you know, the list of winners, you see a lot more names kind of repeating, you know, 20, 30 years ago than you certainly do now. So it seems like maybe more than ever, parody is a thing, not only at Daytona, but across the sport. I mean, we're two years removed from having 19 winners in one year. So it's just kind of the name of the game right now. All right. You might be the uh, one, one of the only people in all of America that as soon as the Super Bowl ended, flipped over to check out the 2005 Daytona 500. Hats off to you, sir. You are better than I. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, and, and as exciting as that ending to the Super Bowl was, it, that, that 05 ending is pretty good, too. Maybe some people should check that one out. I just remember they kept switching. I remember the Fox kept switching to pictures of uh, of Taylor Swift up in the suite, so I just couldn't I couldn't watch any more of that race. Yeah, she was 16 years old back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was up there in the Goodyear tire suite. There you go. <laughs> Well, b- before we get to our fun trivia segment, Ken, I, I, I did want to ask about the cars. You know, we're a few years now into the next-gen car. They've tweaked things, you know, uh, every now and again over the last couple of years. Was there anything significant that fans should look for done in the offseason that might affect races, or is it pretty much a, a very similar car to last year? 
well, there's nothing physical that you'll see that's different. It's a lot of their the paint schemes change from week to week based on whoever's sponsoring the car this week. Uh, they did do some work on the uh, the short track package, and I, Ryan is all over this because he's been oh my goodness. He, if I've heard him cry about the short track package once, I've heard it a thousand <laughs> times. He, oh, I mean, he is. I'm, I'm. He barely sleeps at night. He stays awake at night thinking about what they could do to make it better and. So he That's knows a little bit more true. about this than I yeah. do, but they, but but they did have an issue with the short track package, as they like to call it, and I know they have been working hard on that, or at least they say they have. So that's what's going to be interesting when they get. I'd have to look at the schedule to see what the first short track is. I don't know if it's Martinsville or Phoenix, Richmond. Right? Probably uh, Phoenix. Well, I'm, you know, see, there you go. I always go under a mile for a short track, but then some people go a mile or under. And, you know, Phoenix is a mile. So, I, yeah, true short track to me is half mile or two-thirds. But, all right, I'll give you Phoenix. So, it, it'll be interesting to see when we get there and then to the smaller short tracks. It'll be interesting to see how good or not the racing is. You know, Tim, real quick, just to jump on that. Um, the only other thing I will add that that is of interest this week is uh, the Ford Mustangs and the uh, – Toyotas are are introducing brand new bodies this year um, and new front ends. And for the longest time, you know, it was thought that Ford had an advantage in the draft because the front end of their cars were maybe a little flatter. So when it came to, to bump drafting, they were able to do so more aggressively and not worry about spinning whoever was in front of them out. Um, I think one of the big things, especially on Thursday night in the duels, which will be the first time we see cars in a competitive environment lining up in the draft um, to watch is going to be how those Toyotas and Fords are when it comes to bump drafting and work together in packs. So I think that that is a big storyline this week, and uh, we should know a lot more Thursday night ahead of the, ahead of the 500. All righty. So I'm sure you'll have plenty of report, uh, reporting on that. So again, always check out Ryan and Ken's information at news-journalonline.com. I'll stand by my premise that nobody will be able to physically tell any difference between the cars from last year. I don't even think Lee Iacocca could look at this year's Ford and tell the difference from last year. Oh, but yeah. Ryan, I, Ryan, however, I, will. I guarantee you Ryan will yeah, be able I, to. I noticed it at the clash, Ken. That is a, um, if, you know, not to offend anyone, but just on aesthetics alone, that car is, that, the new Mustang is interesting. And we'll leave it at that. I won't go any further. All righty. Well, Iacocca family, if you're listening, Ryan can can be uh, rented out for his knowledge if you need some freelance help there. Again, Ryan Pritt, you can find him on X. All right, guys, it is time to go into trivia now, which I would say, are you ready? But I know the answer is most likely no. So let's just go into it. <laughs> All righty, Ryan, we will start with you this time. I have five questions for each of you, and the winner is going to be crowned the uh, the Daytona 500 Trivia Champion until next year. Here we go, Ryan. What year did Richard Petty win the first of his seven Daytona 500s? Was it 1960 or 1964? See, I, like Kyle Shanahan, I'm about to learn how 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 penalizing it is to go first an extra time here. So um, I'm going to say 1964. That is correct. It is Ryan one and Ken nothing with it. Ken not having a question yet, but good job, Ryan. (laughs) I I don't recall deferring. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ken, here we go. Which is further west on the map? Daytona Beach or Caracas, Venezuela? (laughs) 
1964. <laughs> I'll go with I'll go Barberville. with uh, I'll go with Daytona Beach. That is correct because most of South America, if you look on a map, is east of Florida. So there you go. Caracas, Venezuela is not further west than Daytona Beach. Ken, you've tied it at one to one. I also recently learned that if we're just talking longitude and latitude, that and whichever one is east west, that the city of Orlando is actually east of Jacksonville, which will blow you away. But ah. you got to go look at go look at the longitudinal coordinates, unless you need to look at the latitudinal coordinates. I never can get that right. I mean, well, you know, sports columnist, you know, geographic extraordinaire. Who who knew? Cartographer. Carto- <laughs> you can't spell cart. You can't spell cartographer without C A R. All right, that's deep, man. That's deep. <laughs> Well, you know, and one more point of longitude to, to uh, inform you with, I've shared this with your uh, with your reporter, Chris Boyle, who covers UCF, but if you take launch pad 39A, where the uh, Apollo rocket launched to the moon, and if you follow its line of latitude all the way over to Orlando, it is the 50-yard line of the UCF football stadium. Well, I'll be damned. Yep, how about you that? You know, Toledo has a rocket pointed at the 50-yard line of Bowling Greensfield. <laughs> that sounds utterly frightening. Yeah, yeah. What a what a rivalry move that is. Sorry to derail the whole podcast, but I've always thought that was really funny. All righty. Well, that's good information. Let's go into question number three, see if we can break this tie. Ryan, how many permanent seats does the Daytona International Speedway have? I'll give you a roughly 2,000-seat leeway on your answer. Well, good, because I'm between... Between two numbers, and I can't remember if it's a hundred and or a hundred thousand five hundred or one hundred one thousand five hundred. So that's within the two thousand. So we'll go a hundred thousand five hundred. Yes, that is correct. It's one hundred one thousand five hundred. But very good, good job, Ryan. Must be nice to get graded <laughs> on the curve. Yeah, close <laughs> enough is good enough, right? <laughs> Alrighty, this might be the toughest question, Ken. I do apologize it falls under your name, but you know a lot of stuff. You've been around. You might know this. Shocking. What does the J in the Harley J. Earl trophy stand for? <laughs> Suddenly the word jackass is on my mind, Tim. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm uh, a little of fact. Um <laughs> Harley, or I'll go with uh, Jose. Swing and a miss. It is Jarvis. Harley Jarvis Earl is the J in Harley J Earl. I'll see if I can help you get an easier question earlier. Or later. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> All righty, Ryan. You are, did you know the J by, by chance, Ryan? Did you know it was Jarvis? No, no, I was, uh, you know, I, I was just hoping that wasn't a situation where he could pass. So glad that didn't work out and glad we could move on from that. I'll, I'll, I'll tuck that one away, though. <laughs> All right. Well, here is your next question, Ryan, and you can take a commanding lead here. Name at least one of the two car sponsors for 2023 winner Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, that would be, uh, well, <laughs> let's see. I believe a grocery store I... I used to walk into quite often in my former life in West Virginia. Would that be Kroger? That is correct. Kroger and Cottonelle are the two main car sponsors last year for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So you are now up three to one. All right, Ken, your turn here. I think you'll get this one. 
Who is the first president of the United States to be the Grand Marshal for a Daytona 500? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I only heard part of that question. <laughs> Who was the first president to what? To be the Grand Marshal of the Daytona 500. There have been two. Well, okay. Can I ask if he was a sitting president? Oh, yes, he was. I'm sorry. I'm saying president. He was president of the United States at the time he was the Grand Marshal. You know what? I, I believe that was uh, George H.W. Bush. You've got to remove the H. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> First it was the letter J. Now it's the letter H, Ken. Oh, man. In 2004. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, obviously I was there, but. H.W., uh, I think, was Grand Marshal of the Firecracker 400 year he was running for re-election. Oh, my goodness. I should have known that. I am so embarrassed. I should never be invited back for another trivia question. I accept my penalty. <laughs> well, we'll see what you can. We've got a, just a couple more left here. We'll go to Ryan next. Ryan, how many Daytona 500s have been shortened for rain? Is it two, four, six, or eight? Wow. Um... Now, I know two have been run on a Monday, at least part of it, but that doesn't tell me about how many have been shortened. Uh, for some reason, the number two sticks out, but I don't think that's right, but I'm going to say two anyway. Oh, Ryan, close, but no cigar. The answer is four. The race has been shortened four times due to rain, and once in response to the energy crisis of 1974, which is even before Ken was covering the race. Absolutely. Are we sure? <laughs> Are we sure? <laughs> all right so that still leaves the score at three to one ken you can close some ground here who was the last driver to win the daytona 500 from the pole position and i'll give you choices was it jeff gordon dale jarrett or buddy baker jeff gordon dale jarrett uh i think jarrett was driving for yates which means he had Pole quality, pole quality equipment. Of course, so did Jeff Gordon. Uh, and I know that Buddy Baker did it in 1980, but I will go with, uh, I'm going to go with Dale Jarrett. That is correct. Good job, Ken. Closing the gap to 3-2. Hopefully, you get, you got to hope that Ryan gets the next one wrong and you can get the last one right. Here we go, Ryan. You ready? He's going to ask you, he's going to ask you your middle name, Ryan. <laughs> At this point, I've probably forgotten it, honestly. <laughs> we'll try <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. What is the weight of the sun? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Bobby Allison is the oldest driver to win the Daytona 500. Who was the youngest? And I'll give you choices. Was it Austin? I Sindrick? don't need the choices. That's Trevor right. Bain. Trevor Bain, 2011. That is correct. He was 20 years and one day old, just slightly older than what would have been the third choice of Marvin Panch who won the third Daytona 500 in 1961. All right, here we go. Sometimes it helps to be the guy guy that actually built the quiz that's now on our website. I'm just going to throw that. (laughs) You may want to handle that next time. All right, Ken, if you get this last question correct, I'm going to declare you the winner of the whole thing. Wow. Wait, do I not get a vote in this? (laughs) All right, here we go, Ken. Which member of the Wu-Tang Clan released a single named Daytona 500 in 1996? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't. All right. I, can we narrow it down? Can you tell me whether it was one of the Wu's or one of the Tang's? 
Here, I'll, I'll give you choices. Was it Rizza, Jizza, Method Man, Raekwon, Ghostface Killer, Inspector Deck, You God, Master Killer, or Old Dirty Bastard? May he rest in peace. As much as as much as it's uh, as tempting as it is to go with uh, ODB, I can't I can't resist Jizza. <laughs> nope, the answer is Ghostface Killer. He had the song Daytona 500 in 1996, but it was a heck of a try, Ken. Was it that Ghostface? Uh, I- was it that Ghostface HW killer? Something like that. Yes, yeah. it I would was. like killer. to advocate. I'd like to advocate for Ken to get half credit just for knowing that old dirty bastard also goes by ODB. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, we'll add real. one to his tally, and you'll only win four to three instead of four to two, Ryan. I think that's fair. I'm 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 all for that. All righty. Well, you will get the uh, the championship belt. Will come in the mail. Be looking for that at some point in life. <laughs> I will be on the front porch waiting every day. <laughs> well, great work, guys. And after the show, you'll also get your parting gift. So good luck with that, too. <laughs> the good news is Ken and I bet uh, a week worth of how to watches on this trivia contest. So Ken's workload just got a little busier. I don't know if you knew that or not. We all like a rigged game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to say it's rigged would mean I'm cheating in somebody's favor. Favor. I think uh, they were equally ridiculous questions. <laughs> Uh, okay well guys before i let you go this weekend ryan tell people what kind of coverage they'll find on the daytona 500 at the daytona beach news journal in the print pages and at the website news-journalonline.com you know that scene in ace ventura when he takes that deep breath and goes on a tangent about ray finkel this is kind of what i would have to do to get all of this out but we've got um Everything you could look for from uh, quizzes, the schedules, to how to watches, to driver features, to Ken's columns, of course, to a weather report that just came out today that we will be updating by the day. Um, We will have live updates starting on Wednesday uh, at the beginning of media day at eight o'clock. And of course, that turns into one of the it's funny, you know, we cover a race called the 24 hours and the longest day of the year is media day for the Daytona 500 because that goes from eight to five and then pull qualifying is at eight o'clock so we'll have all day wednesday for you all day thursday which will of course end with the daytona duels that night we'll have friday which will be the craftsman truck series race saturday which will be an arca and xfinity double header and of course sunday or monday or tuesday maybe wednesday the daytona 500 uh we'll have that for you too so Anything that you could possibly be looking for, hopefully we'll have you covered. And if you think of something that we haven't, hey, reach out to us. I've got plenty of time. There you go. And, you know, Ken, before I let you go, I just want to check, you know, in all seriousness, a couple of weeks ago uh, before the Super Bowl, I had a journalist on who covered 37 Super Bowls. You've covered what? Somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 or more Daytona 500s. What's that like? Does it ever get old or do you still get excited every year when this thing comes up? Has me it depends on if it's raining or not, Tim. Then it gets pretty old. But no, it never, no, it it never, never gets old. It's not what it used to be in terms of they, the guys were here for a lot longer period of time back in the older days when they'd be here for testing in January, sometimes even December, and then the uh, you had the Rolex would be like the first basically around the first weekend of February. And then that would there'd be a couple of quiet days after that, and then the NASCAR speed weeks would crank up. So it was all done within about a 17 day period, all of it, and uh, and it was something going on at all times. So I missed those days, but uh, it's I still like race day, you know, especially the day of the 500. Those few hours leading up to the race, it's just great to walk around, people watch, and just be part of it. And that's that never gets old, no. 
Alrighty, so make sure to check out all of their information, all of their stories, all of their features, videos, photo galleries at news-journalonline.com. Guys, this has been great. A lot of fun. Nice try at uh, my ridiculous trivia questions. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start leading out with Ken. I appreciate you being here. We'll start start calling you Ghostface Kenneth. How's that? All right, I'll take it. <laughs> He's still an ODB to me. <laughs> hey, well, we'll start. You call. We'll call you Method Ryan. Has that? <laughs> I like that. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. There you go. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it again. Thanks for being here, and we will talk to you guys. Uh, I'm sure very soon. All right. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. And that will do it for this episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters, and to quote NASCAR legend Richard Petty, I'd rather be called King than other things I've been called. Well, no one's ever called me King, but I've certainly been called some of those other things. Thanks for listening, and join me again next time. <laughs>